We received a question today from someone on social media, and it's a question worth discussing. The question was related to our marriage meeting agenda. In our weekly marriage meeting, we always ask each other, is there anything I've done to hurt you in the past week that we can process and forgive? The woman on social media responded to this by saying, this seems like such a loaded question that can lead down an ugly path. Why can't we just stick to focusing on happy, positive things rather than creating problems where problems don't exist? So how would you answer this question? Here's how we would answer it in just a moment. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So where do unprocessed hurts go? If we have hurt our partner or our partner has hurt us, do those hurts conveniently just disappear? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. If we change the subject to something happy or maybe something positive, does that change the reality of what really has happened? The answer to these questions is no, not usually. In most cases, those buried emotions just get pushed down for the moment they generally get buried in the body, and then they end up just surfacing later. Yeah, that's not good. So imagine that you're adding even more events, like the first one, compounding one incident, and then another, and then one more. This gradually poisons a person over time, and it robs them of their peace. It poisons their perspective of their partner and of their relationship. Grievance after grievance compounds, shifting the person's habit of mind so that even good memories are tainted by a negative sentiment. This is called negative sentiment override. Yeah, and it's actually really super common. Yeah. And what usually happens a few years down the road is that the couple's then sitting in my office with a laundry list of every offense that their partner has committed. Oh, and they have long lists sometimes. They do. And not only that, they have retold these stories so many times that they have rewritten their personal history. Yeah. Rewritten history. We're going to talk about that. So one of the signs of a failing relationship is how a couple tells the story of their relationship. Ask any couple to tell you about how they met and to share a few of their experiences in their relationship. And within the first few seconds, you'll quickly notice whether that individual is in negative sentiment override or positive sentiment override simply by how they retell and recount their history. Memories are such a funny thing. Oh, yeah. The brain stores memories different than what you would expect. It really doesn't store a historical record. When we experience anything, we only really have a perception of that experience that just happened. And that perception is greatly filtered and influenced by many different things. Therefore, the memory that we store is simply our interpretation of what happened. It's our narrative, our story of what happened. It's impossible for any of us to store a memory exactly as it happens. Right. We store stories, not the actual facts. Then a funny thing happens. Yep. When we recall a memory, we bring up the old story back into the present. But here's where it gets interesting. Every time we retrieve a memory, 
there will be a distortion to that memory. There will likely be a loss of information, so our mind jumps to fill in those gaps with some new information, good or bad. It's kind of like opening a file on your computer, making a few changes, and then resaving it. That old file's gone. Every time we modify the file, the last version of that document is overwritten, and only the newest version remains. Once we've made the changes, we can never go back to the original file. And the same is true with our memories. Our mind doesn't remember the original event. No, and and how can it? Because we all experience it differently. Yep. And that first event was an inaccurate representation to begin with. Our brain only remembers it the way that it was last stored. Oh, that's faulty right there. Mm -hmm. Memories can be a little faulty. As you can imagine, over time, some of our stories change. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a little, sometimes dramatically. Every time you retrieve and then tell that story, the file is slightly changed and even sometimes corrupted. Now, if you're dealing with things that hurt you, oh boy, you better believe those stories are laced with some resentment, some hurt, some anger, some sadness. And it's inevitable, especially about telling stories that where we have hurt involved, that resentment and unforgiveness will change how we remember the past, even in the good times. But what if couples process these events in the moment, at the time, or within a few days? What if they could really let go of the hurt, the resentment, and the bitterness before their stories became hijacked by their emotions and hijacked by this remembering and retelling and remembering and retelling and all those things that just go with it? Yeah, so let me tell you a story about a a client that I'm currently working with. And for privacy, of course, I won't use her name, but I'll tell you that for someone in her 30s, she sure has a lot of mysterious health challenges, lots of symptoms that modern medicine and doctors have not been able to solve for her. She's tried conventional treatments. She's tried unconventional treatments, but she still lives with quite a lot of unexplained dizziness and actually a lot of physical pain as well. And so I was working with her recently and guiding her through a process of releasing past anger. And while we were doing that, we hit some major resistance. The emotion we were working on should have been releasing, but she was feeling this inner push-pull, this internal tug of war inside of herself, and it wasn't releasing. And she said to me, Every time I keep you, I, every time I try to release this emotion, I just keep seeing my husband. I keep thinking about my husband. And every time I do, I get more angry, more tense, and the pain in my neck and my shoulders and my head seems to just be getting worse. Then she said, I don't think I can let go because I don't want to forgive him. So I always say the fire of resentment is keeping me warm at night. Mm. I don't maybe warm with inflammation. I don't really know what kind of warm that is, but the more she resisted, the more the pain intensified in her body. And she realized in this moment that it was all connected, that her pain, her health, and everything was connected to this unforgiveness. It's amazing. On one hand, she felt entitled to be really pissed off. Well, she was entitled a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. She felt like if she forgave him, that she would be betraying herself and betraying those feelings that felt righteous. She felt that she would be possibly even leaving herself vulnerable to being hurt again. But then on the other hand, holding on to the unforgiveness meant staying stuck forever, never having a chance for healing, never having a chance to feel fully, truly free. 
negative emotions can cause harm to the body. They cause stress and they keep us from experiencing peace. They corrupt our memories and they alter our perception of reality. So here's a question for you. What is unforgiveness costing you? What is the real cost to you? When you look at the things that you want most in life, like most of us, happiness, peace, health, freedom, success, joy, intimacy, connection, love, are you okay with giving up on those things in order to hold on to your grudges and your unforgiveness? Yeah. And for a lot of people, they may not realize it consciously, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're trading their joy and their health to nurse their grudges. And it's costing them everything. Absolutely everything. And the excuses run deep. And, you know, I might have even said some of them before, but we'll hear, oh, like, if I forgive you, I'll be hurt again. If I forgive, then I'll be taken down that road again. I'll be taken for a ride again. Yeah. If I forgive, I won't be able to maintain boundaries. That's a big one. And why should I be the one to forgive? Why shouldn't the other person forgiving in the situation. Yeah, that equality thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm entitled to my feelings. I deserve to be pissed off. Righteous anger, right? If I forgive, it means that I'm accepting and condoting this thing that happened that's really been bothering me. Right. So these are lots of excuses. Yeah. But let me be clear. And I say this with total love and respect because I really would never want to minimize something that you've experienced in the past. And The truth is that holding on to grudges and refusing to forgive only hurts you. It doesn't hurt anyone else. It doesn't hurt the other person. Unforgiveness increases stress in the body. It increases stress hormones. And the moment these stress hormones come into play, you lose, period. It wrecks the gut. It weakens the immune system. And it probably even contributes possibly to heart disease. Yeah, well, elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure, all those things are just part of it. Right. So, you know, add more stress to your life and usually you'll just shorten your life. Yeah. 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 Sadly, though, many people have misconceptions about forgiveness. Some people believe that their anger helps keep them, you know, so that they can maintain boundaries in their lives. Like if I'm just, you know, protecting myself. But the truth is that you can both forgive and set boundaries with those people who've wronged you. In fact, it's one of the very, very best ways to set boundaries. Also, holding on to negative feelings doesn't mean that you accept the behavior. No. A lot of times that's what people think. You, But the truth is that you can both forgive someone and not agree with the behavior. Oh, absolutely. Holding on to the grudge does not cause your transgressor any discomfort whatsoever. It only hurts the person holding the grudge. The best way to describe forgiveness, in my opinion, is just to be able to finally feel neutral, at peace where you no longer waste precious energy feeling bad. There's just no emotional charge and you simply feel free. Yeah, and you're not giving them your energy anymore. Right. Like that famous quote says, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but we all can choose to forgive. Even the most unforgivable things can be forgiven. And Mm -hmm. being able to completely forgive is life-changing. One of Charlotte's favorite quotes is from C.S. Lewis, and he says, If we insist on keeping hell, we shall not see heaven. If we accept heaven, we shall not be able to retain even the smallest, most intimate souvenirs from hell. So let me ask you this. What souvenirs from hell have you been keeping? Mm. So to go along with that quote, which I do love, I want to share another story of a woman who kept many souvenirs in her personal hell. 
So this was something that happened in a course that I took more than, I don't even know, maybe close to 15 years ago. It was one of my first NLP trainings. And my mentor and trainer at the time, he was teaching a process called Ho'oponopono. Robert's going to talk more about that in just a minute. And so we were gathered together learning this meditation. We were just about to begin. And he was explaining the process to us. And part of the process is you say, I forgive you. Please forgive me too. And he was explaining how we bring this person to mind and the whole process of cutting the Aka connection with the person. And a woman was in the room. And what's interesting to note about this woman is that the day before, you never would have even noticed her in the room. I remember this. She told me this story. Yeah. She came usually dressed in a dark hoodie. She sat in the back of the room. She didn't talk to anyone. She was somewhat invisible to the rest of the class. I have to say, I probably never noticed her, to be honest. Then she stood up and she asked our trainer this question. She said, what if I don't know exactly who it was that that offended me? What if I don't really know who it is that I'm forgiving? And so this was kind of an odd question because usually you know who it is that wronged you. Usually you know the person who you're forgiving. So the instructor asked her a couple more questions and we discovered that she'd actually been to a bar. She'd been drugged and she'd been sexually violated. She was raped. It's terrible. It was an awful thing that happened to her, but because she was drugged, she didn't know who her offender was. And so there was a woman sitting next to her in the class, and this woman sitting next to her became very visibly upset at this story, which is understandable. It's a very upsetting, unsettling story. But she was more upset by the fact that as part of this process, we say, I forgive you, please forgive me too. And the woman sitting next to her by this time, she was standing up saying, why should she have to ask for this person's forgiveness. She did nothing wrong. She should not have to. This is not healthy. She shouldn't have to ask for his forgiveness. And the woman who was standing there in the hoodie, the girl who was not even noticeable to anyone in the room, turned to her and said, you know, I've lived with this my whole life. It has destroyed me. It's made me a a fraction of who I know I can be. If all I have to do in my mind is to just simply imagine saying that, if that's what it takes to be joyful again, I'm okay with it. So thank you for standing up for me, but really, I'm okay with it. She was just done. She was done hurting. And so she went through the process. And the incredible part of that story is that if you saw her the next day when she walked into that room, she was not the same human being. She was not the same girl. She had a light She was bright. She was vibrant. She was dressed different. She looked different. She was social. She interacted with people. And everyone was drawn to her and wanted to talk to her. It was just this miraculous change that, as a person looking in, we could visibly see the difference in her after she let this go. Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. And what a great sort of, it's not really even a metaphor, but what a great example of what holding on to anger and resentment and unforgiveness, what it can actually do to you. I mean, the process was, well, she had to forgive herself, right? But she also had to forgive this person who she didn't even know. I, I didn't even know what to say, but that's, it's an, I remember when you told me that it was, that was absolutely crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, very powerful illustration yeah. of what per- forgiveness can do for us. So let's talk about what Charla mentioned, that technique is called Ho'oponopono. It's a traditional Hawaiian practice of reconciliation and forgiveness. There is a legendary story about a, a psychiatrist, Dr. Len, who worked in a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. And over the course of four years, all of his patients, not just some, but all of his patients were healed. But the amazing part of the story was that this didn't involve any type of traditional psychotherapy that you would imagine. It was all based on forgiveness. So every day, Dr. Len would go through the files of his patients and he would, and he repeated the words, I love you, I'm sorry, over and over again. Within a few months, patients who were shackled were unshackled and able to walk, able to walk freely and other patients were weaned down off of their medications. And even some of the most hopeless cases were eventually released back into society. It's a very powerful story about forgiveness and just this technique. And if forgiveness, I mean, think of it, if it's that powerful, these stories that we've just shared with you, what can it do for the relationship you have with your spouse? What could it do for you with your loved ones? I'd say probably everything. Yeah. Yeah. What if resentments and hurts were managed on a daily or weekly basis so that you could have more peace and joy in your life so we could maintain our most intimate connections and bonds? And that's so important. You know, I just want to reiterate, like doing this work on a on a regular basis, don't not letting these things build up for years and years. It changes things. If if changes your relationship, yeah, absolutely. And and we already know, right? We if, we if we could go on for another hour, we could tell you story after story, just like these of redemption and of forgiveness and how it how it changes lives, changes lives, changes relationships. It's crazy. Changes families. Yeah. Changes our health. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and as I heard someone say once, forgiveness is to set a prisoner free. And then to discover that the prisoner was you. Yeah, that's powerful. For some people, forgiveness comes really easy, and they're you know quick to forgive. And I like to think of kids. Ah. In this instance, you know, they can get in a disagreement with each other and then hold hands and be friends. Yeah. For others, usually when they're more grown up, they sometimes need guidance and instructions. They need someone to help walk them through their personal prison corridors so that they can find a way out. Yeah. And so for those who need a little bit of extra help, Robert and I decided to develop a self-guided little mini course to help you to be able to forgive. And it's a course that's available on our website. It's priced really super reasonably, so it's accessible for everyone. So if you're someone who feels like you need a little bit more help with forgiving or even forgiving yourself, go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com forward slash forgive. So it's masteryourmarriagepodcast.com forward slash forgive. We'll drop this in the show notes as well. And just for reference, it's going to include two different guided meditation processes that we actually do with our live coaching clients. Mm -hmm. One of them is for forgiving others. The other is for forgiving yourself. It comes with a workbook. It comes with a journal. And you can find out more about all of that, the pricing and what it includes on the website. But here's what I'll tell you. Forgiveness is for you. It's a gift that you give yourself. As Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. 
So as we wrap up this episode, we want to invite you to really look at how you can invite more forgiveness into your life and into your relationships, how you can let those hurts go, reconcile, process those regrettable incidents every week. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking today at the end of life, I don't think any of us are going to be sitting around wishing that we'd kept more grudges. No. no I think we're going to be wishing that we'd forgave more. Yeah. Nobody wants that to be their legacy. Well, thank you for being here today. And please consider subscribing to the show if you haven't already. Just hit the follow button inside the player that you're currently listening on. The best way you can support us and support our mission is to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it when you do that. As always, be kind to each other. Take care of each other. Put each other first. It's the small and simple things we do consistently that build strong relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.